Welcome to Good Darts. It is the podcast all about darts, brought to you by our friends at Low Six. It may be a podcast about good darts, although the quality of the podcast itself cannot be guaranteed. I'm Dan Dawson. I am in my basement in Birmingham. A Wayne Mardle is back home in Essex, but you weren't this morning, were you, Wayne? Because you were off doing the World Championship draw, which was very, very exciting. It, it was exciting, Dan. Yeah, I, I was up at 4.20. Now, I... <sighs> 4:20 a.m. I only, I only thought there was one 4:20 in the day. <laughs> apparently there's apparently there's two. Yeah, I've been up. Uh, I've been up. What feels like seven days running. It, it it's ridiculous. <laughs> you had one early People... morning and absolutely broken from it. Uh, was yeah, there I'm any broken. Was there any panic? Like, because I've done a, a few draws, and there is a sort of slight as you're getting towards the end. I've and I've never done a draw as massive as that World Championship one, which seems to go on forever and ever. But when you're getting towards yeah, the does. end, you're like, "Am I going to say the same number here, or, or?" Well, yeah, yeah. There's all there's always that, but it was the case of where the, the slots are in front of me to put the balls. There's uh, and I had to I had to pick out of two pots. Normally, mm. I've rod harrington there but he we can't do it because we've got to be socially distanced and, and yes. it was just impossible so anyway long story short i there's two balls left in that pox i can feel them two in that one and i'm like ah oh, the relief <laughs> relief, the relief. Yeah. <laughs> i got all cocky then i got all yeah. cocky with number 34 <laughs> <laughs> did um did you see the number seven as well that's the only because they're the same balls that get used for all the draws and they're all in pristine condition apart from the number seven which dave allen the pdc's head of media has had to actually sort of he's had to cut a bit of plastic out and, and seal it right. on there to finish off the number seven just so you can read it's the only one that looks slightly dodgy uh, and i even right. picked that up on the sky cameras earlier on today i probably noticed it but it it soon forgotten in the melee yeah. <laughs> of, of panic like you just yeah. mentioned yeah panic. like you just, just mentioned there's always panic hope always it all it, tallies up it's it's so simple to to do but there's there's that fear isn't there that if you go wrong early it's just it becomes unfathomable and it becomes we have to do this again Go oh, full no. Rod Stewart. Oh, no. Mess it up in yeah, time. Full... I mean, I love a bungled <laughs> cup draw. I think there's not much better in sport than somebody completely cocking up but a cup draw. It would come around every year, though, wouldn't it? <laughs> oh, do you remember this one from the year 2020? When, yeah. uh, uh, and it has to be the year 2020. Yeah, we know, yeah. but it was for 2021 draw. Don't be clever. Don't yeah. be clever. But no, no, look. Uh, to say I was relieved is an understatement because the, the, as soon as we'd finish, I, I, I got a headache. Yeah. Wow. Wow. The sheer so, relief of it all. The sheer relief. And this and this had all happened by about the time that you normally get up in the morning. Fantastic. Yeah. We are we are gonna yes. spend some like proper time going through all the world championship stuff. I think yeah. next week we might yeah. even do like a double episode because there's so much stuff. Um obviously yes, we want to give you the benefit of our expertise uh, when it comes to making your selections on the Low Six and PDC Picks apps, or at least Wayne's expertise, and then you can just pick you know, go along with whatever nonsense <laughs> I come up with. But we have had a low of stuff happening in the last couple of weeks which is the amount of time it's been since our last podcast mainly because I'm an idiot and had one bit of malfunctioning equipment and was quarantining in a Coventry hotel room at the Rico for two and a half days solid so couldn't get anywhere to fix it so we didn't have a podcast what, what, for you last week Why were Just, you elaborating? You should have left it as because I'm, I'm an, an idiot. idiot Yeah, I realised that That's it, thought, end of 
Yeah, I mean, look, there are many ways in which I'm an idiot, Wayne. I just thought I'd just specify on this particular occasion. Okay, I like that. How I'd like managed that. to do it. Um, but I suppose we just go with the Grand Slam first. So the Grand yeah, Slam, okay. when we were making our picks for that, at the time, I said, I fancy to go in the top half of the draw, I fancy somebody to reach the final, either Michael mm. Smith or whoever comes through his group with him. That was Jose de Sousa. So I'm taking that as a yes. partial victory. Although yeah, you, you were bigging up that. James Wade all the way through, and he came through the other. So I'll be honest, I think we've done pretty well in terms of that in predicting the two finalists uh, from the from yeah. the get-go, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, we did. We did. But between us, we, we nailed it. Yeah. Come yeah. on, you, you've got to well, give yourself a bit of credit, Dan. Yeah, you you I, said I, it. I will. You said I will. it, and I, I still think Wade Wade has a little bit more to offer in, in the next few weeks. Maybe. Well, I mean, certainly you've been saying that on this podcast that you think he's the man to watch at the world, and we're certainly going to get to James Wade. Jose de Souza is a yeah. major champion, right? He's done it on the Pro Tour, uh, he's done it on no, the Euro no. Tour, and yeah. now he's done it in a big TV event. He can't count, yeah. but he literally could win anything. This man, couldn't he? Yeah, look, I, I agree. Uh, do you know what? I, it's got me thinking, though, is that I don't, I don't want to bring other people into it about the way they feel as in uh, whether they're going to be annoyed, they're going to be a bit peeved off, they're going to be jealous, bitter. But how must the, the likes of Michael Smith feel that oh. he's, he's been so close so often and he's got this, this great big heavy chain around his neck that he can't get rid of and it's weighing him down because he can't win that big one. And he's playing well enough. There's, there's no doubt about it. De Souza beats him and then goes on and wins it. And no offence mm. meant to Simon Whitlock here, but Smith playing for a place against Simon Whitlock in the in the semi-final, he'd have been kind of thinking, Can, come on, make this count. But De Souza comes from, with a wet sail from, I'm going to say nowhere, uh, probably about 14 months he's been showing promise, hasn't he? Before that, not a lot, Dan. Before that, he kind of, yeah, he kind of hit the ground running when he first appeared on the tour. I mean, he looked good, but there's a there is a difference between playing well on the tour and playing well yeah. on then the Euro tour and then the big stages. You're looking at somebody like Christoph Witajski, yeah. who brilliant on the floor, figured yeah. out how to do it on the Euro tour, and he's still just trying to find that way to break through in the big TV events. And some of it's a bit yeah. of luck, but some of it, I of think, is. is. I mean, you've described it as being a completely different sport playing on stage. To playing on the floor, it, it I wouldn't kind go that of is far. to some people. But yeah, to some well, people, you know, I think you that's know, the thing, isn't You know, what I'm getting at. Mm. Yes, yeah. yeah <laughs> but look, I, we've seen it. I, I saw it back in the day with Dennis Ovens. I'm, I'm not mm. kidding you. Uh, Mark Walsh. I'm not saying that he was one of the, the best players I've ever seen, but over the shortened for, and I think this is the thing as well. I've got to say, it's the the shorter formats that are not on the stage. Uh, they, these players, they, they, they f have trouble concentrating and being good enough for long enough. And mm. the likes of De have come around and it, it, it's not unflappable. We, we saw him, we saw him go a few times, but he, he got over it. But he just ploughed on and just, just carried on playing. And that's what you have to do to become a major champion. You have to, you have to ride it. You have to ride mm. what's happening. And he rode everything. He rode it brilliantly. I was... Uh, I was going to say pleased for him. I was surprised for him. I, I was. I didn't think he'd win. I didn't think he'd win the final at all. 
Uh, well, you know, once it got to the final, I did. I genuinely once it got right. to about once it got to the semis, I thought this. I thought is... he was going to say once he got to sixteen in yeah. the final. <laughs> <laughs> no, once it got to the semis, I was convinced. I'd seen enough that this okay. this could happen, and it, because he is, I just okay. think he's. There's no scarring there. He just seems completely oblivious to every oblivious yeah, to I, the I score, oblivious to everything. Um, but yeah. there were nervy yeah, he's moments. Oblivious, all right. Yeah, well, quite. We'll get to that because there's certainly some great examples of that in in Coventry at the Players' Championship. Great. Final. No, no, no. There's some examples. There's there's yeah. no great examples. They're dross. They're dross examples. <laughs> they're they're absolutely pathetic, dross, uh, indespicable counting errors. That I'm oh. sorry, I can't get over. Do you I know what? Get, I woke up. I woke up the other morning, yeah. uh, or is it? Should I say the the middle of the night? Mm-hmm. Uh, the the other night and. I'm putting a bit of this on. I'm kind of telling fibs, but at the at the back of my mind was was like a, someone De Souza one in one in one six three and thinking he can take it out. I I, I just got this in my mind. <laughs> honestly, honestly, yeah. it wouldn't surprise me if he was looking for a way to finish a one five nine, a one six three, a one six five. He's he'll find it. He'll find yeah, it in his own mind. If anybody can, if any look, confidence is such a big part of this game. And if you, if you're making some elementary mistakes that you are completely unaware of, then it doesn't dent your confidence, does it? So Cor- I mean, uh, correct, I agree. I mean, I look, I, I was I was commentating uh, on the Saturday on the main stage, and we had Jose playing, and, and afterward, and he kept on making so many errors. So even for Jose, yeah. it was pretty poor. Um, and elementary yeah. ones as well. And uh, like somebody had messaged me on social media going, you need to stop this now. Stop bullying him for his choice of county. What? what? Bullying him? What? Like, you what? Just, it's not bullying. It's saying what's actually happened. Like, if, yes. if you're commentating on a football game, right, and the goalkeeper keeps taking goal kicks, but he's, he's just puny, underdeveloped leg, means that he's scuffing every single one of them and they're going about eight yards straight to the opposition and they're creating chances. Yes. You can't just go... Well, don't say anything nasty about the goalkeeper and his puny right. leg and his rubbish kick. Because I mean, it's bullying him. No, that's a key part of the game. You've got to point if, it out. If you don't want to be called a bank robber, don't rob banks. <laughs> that's a much more succinct way of saying it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> end right. of. In, end of. End of. Um, what it, we do have though is another new winner this year. So I mean, you talked about Michael Smith. He must have looked at Jose de Souza and gone. <sighs> That could have been me, but he would have definitely yeah. felt that about Dimitri Vandenberg winning the world match play. I'm yes. sure yes. the way he played for large parts of the Premier League, he would have felt that about Glenn Durant, particularly watching the the dozen games on finals night, which were not up to yeah. much, but he won them, and that's all that matters. He now, won them. He won them. it was suggested to me that. Oh, where is 2020? No, fans, you're seeing all these weird results. This wouldn't happen if we'd had fans. I'm not so sure. In fact, I'm completely against that because Glenn Durrant, we know, is a proven winner and was top of the Premier League before the fans were banished. Dimitri Vandenberg, it's not a surprise that Dimitri Vandenberg throws massive averages in big TV tournaments because he's been doing it for years. In fact, the first time I saw him make a TV final was in front of a world record crowd of 20,000 people in a football stadium in Germany. And yes. Jose de Souza, as we just said, is a is just a freakish player who'd been, you know, yeah. it's in front of fans. He was beating Michael Van Gogh in a Euro Tour final the other day. So I don't, yeah. I don't, I, do you think there's any merit in that argument that oh, this is all just a freakish year because there's there's no fans? I would say that the the world number one has been off his game and it's opened the door and other people have taken advantage. I I, I agree with with absolutely everything, uh, other than just do you know what I. I 
DeSouza, he could win with a million people there all screaming <laughs> for the other guy. And at the end of it, he would probably say, oh, the support they gave me was amazing. <laughs> and the, uh, Glenn Durrant is a proven winner. I, I, I remember there being people at the lakeside when he when he won that three times. I, I remember yeah, that. exactly. Uh, but Dimitri Vandenberg, all I will say with Dimitri is it is using the, the atmosphere well. That's all. Mm. Whether well, uh, he's taking his time a little bit more, he's not getting bullied by the crowd for it. But, but there's me saying that, and I've said this, I've said this on two occasions, hmm. he's taking longer because maybe there's no crowd. I don't know. I don't hmm. know if he would have taken the same amount of time over over some of his, his, his shots. All I do know is, is that when you look at how well he's playing, uh, would the crowd made of that much of a discernible difference? No, no. I, I don't I, think I so. believe he would have probably have won anyway. And the way he played at the Grand Slam, he just carried, it was... He's found his feet, isn't he, on stage? Mm. He's found his feet. Uh, I still, he, he really I has. And yeah. still don't understand how we, how he can't do it on the floor. Um, I, I just don't. I do not understand it because he's done it in exactly the same conditions dozens, yeah. well, a dozen times. He's won on the youth tour, which is the same venues, the same boards, the same condition, a lot of the same players yeah. playing over the I, same I, sort I, of... I, it's, it's mad. I have it's a mad. theory. I have a, yeah? yeah, I have a theory, Dan, and that's the one game a day. The one game a day just makes makes hell of a difference. Uh, it it just does. For mm. the, and I don't think it's a surprise either that he's starting to play well in these week long majors. Mm. Uh, because yeah. I I do believe that that the one game a day suits certain people. Yeah. I think it, it it just does. And and Dimitri is is in my mind a bit like James Wade. Is is like one of those. And I think Damon Hetter is going to be one. As well, I think Devon is definitely one. He prefers one game a day. You can get up for that. It's hard to be good all day. Mm. It's difficult. Yeah, it's interesting. Well, the the one thing I would say finally on this topic is that I, although I don't believe that it's it's made a difference, I think that we've been banging this drum about the 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 strength in depth getting better for a while now. Um, yeah. And it's no surprise that we're seeing proven winners in Dozer winning, Jose winning, and, and Dimitri Vandenberg, who literally for years has been chucking some massive averages on TV stages. We'd, we'd said for ages yeah. he's a TV player. He's world championship Correct, quarter yeah. finalist for crying out loud. Um, yeah. For them to win. But even, even if the fact that there are no fans is a factor, we're in a professional sport, and whatever the circumstances, whoever That's adapts right. best to the circumstances, is therefore a better play. You can't just go, oh, it's not the same because it's not with fans. It doesn't matter. That's the tournament. It's still That's the right. world match play. It's still the, the World Grand Prix. And you've got to play 100%. better. Um, you know, if it was a yep. cold venue or whatever, then it doesn't matter. People don't talk about the UK Open when we have no fans. They're not chalking that one off Gary Anderson saying, oh, it doesn't really count, does it? Of course it counts. No, of course it counts. Yeah, of, co of course it counts. I actually mentioned that when come the Premier League and Gary was saying it's really difficult to to kind of get up for it, but I'm, I'm finding me feet, uh, to which I, I replied with, with the next game. Get, get, and I, I kind of reminding him, so in commentary, mm. I'm shouting through the, the, the commentary uh, window, if you will. Gary, you, you won the UK Open with no one there, pal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Gary, do you remember? Yeah. Gary, <laughs> Gary. Yeah. And there he was on stage, just throwing oblivious, oblivious to what he'd actually done uh, a year or so prior. But look, I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, no. I, 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 I we have been beating the drum too much and, and just get on with it now. Yeah, Whoever get wins, on with it. wins. They're get the best players.
Lovely. Well, look, I mean, this this the Good Darts podcast brought to you in association with Loath Six is basically a podcast uh, based around conflict. Uh, I say something, Wayne says something, we rarely agree. But on this this situation, it turns out we are in agreement. And I think we're probably in agreement about this week's guest as well, because Damon Hetter, you've just heard Wayne mention him, uh, Australia's number two, The Heat, a man who's uprooted his whole life from Perth in Western Australia and come over to chase his dream uh, about being a PDC pro. I uh, had a chat with him and it's quite a long one. But I think it's quite illuminating as well. These are the questions that you should be asking. Well, welcome to the Good Darts podcast. Damon Hetter, The Heat. Uh, Damon, now, before darts, you were a roofer and you're from the Perth area, yeah? So to be a roofer, like working on a roof in one of the hottest places on the world, you have to be an absolute madman, don't you? <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, <laughs> no, you just keep up yeah being fit i guess <laughs> well I, I don't know i've spending your time in barnsley metrodome and robin park wigan seems a heck of a lot more preferable to being on a roof in 45 degree heat all day how are you finding life over in the uk yeah i just found it um fit fit right in pretty well with like a good bunch of people around me and all the you know all the new faces and that you meet and uh yeah the dark community obviously is yeah, it's always helpful. So yeah, I think the the transition that I've done is yeah, I've, I've done pretty well. What have you missed mainly? I mean, I know you've you've come over with your partner. That's right, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So obviously you're so, missing friends and family, but is there is there some anything? What about the food? How are you getting on with food over it? Yeah, I found like we've got a pretty good quality of food in in Australia. Um, yeah, I am missing that. That's for sure. With the, especially the barbecues and the and we always go out for dinner once a week with friends and and all that. So you know, I'm missing that side of things. Basically, whenever I ask an Australian person who's moved over here, what do you miss? They always go, "Ah, oh, mate, Tim Tams." Now, a penguin <laughs> is basically a Tim Tam, as far as I'm concerned. I don't know if you've come across a penguin bar yet. Oh, I haven't come across a penguin bar, but we ended up bringing like uh, I don't know, a good six to eight. Batches of Tim Tams and some chicken salt, and, uh, <laughs> and I've got what the hell away. is chicken salt? <laughs> yeah, it's the go. Once you have that on your chips, oh the, yeah, ah, look, you, right. you you won't go back. You, you'll be hunting it down. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, I'm, I'm going to search this out. I'm going to search this out. But yeah, yeah, basically, Tim Tams. They every Australian person I've, I've met has insisted that Tim Tams the greatest thing ever. You point out they're just a penguin bar, and they they will not have it. I've nearly got into fist fights with Australian people because <laughs> that is not a in Tim Tam, man. It's not oh, a Tim Tam. It's a penguin. Um, anyway, <laughs> you're, you're managing to cope at least. Um, it must have been a big decision to make the move, though. Tim Tams aside, to go all the way across the other side of the world. Yeah, for sure. It's um obviously yeah, it was a big plan. Um, big planning involved. Um. And yeah, it was all about work and it was working darts for like the good 18, like a good 18 months to two years was just literally, yeah, darts work. Um, and, and I mean, there wasn't a great deal to discuss with the wife to, to get it like, oh, there was a bit of a discussion with um, Gary Anderson and Michael Smith at one stage that mm. sort of brought her on board. And then once she was okay with it, that was it. It was, um, it was all a hundred percent. All right, this is what we need to do. And, and this is how we're going to do it. Because even playing the domestic circuit in Australia, that's quite hard, isn't it? Because Australia, as we know, is a bloody big country. So you're going to have to travel a lot on you just to be able to compete in their pro tour events. And there's not as much money sloshing around on those as, as the pro circuit over here in the in Europe. 
Nah, so that was that was another thing as well because I never I've never given the the DPA circuit a, a crack at all or a deep, yeah like done the full circuit. So mm. that was one of the goals is to obviously was to to top it. So that way I would make the worlds and, and it would be an easier transition to go to Q school and a bit of a boost and stuff like that. So that was the first goal was to play the DPA circuit. So what did I end up doing was hooking up with Greg Walsh with the team Misfits. So I've got involved in a, in a bit of a team um, uh, as a manager. And because uh, it, it really, at the end of the day, it wasn't about the money for me with, with the darts. I mean, um, in Australia, because you're never going to like, you, you, you're never going to live off it. It was more mm. um, to cover expenses. So, it, you know, that was one expense I didn't have to worry about. Um, all I was really worried about was just topping the, the DPA rankings and, and being in the World Series and, and everything else that came along with it. It was a little bit of a struggle for me because I, I had to leave early Friday mornings um, and play that Friday night over East. And it was always like a, you know, a five, six hour flight. And then from there, where the venues were, was another two, three hour drive away from there. So, yeah, I'd be travelling yeah, yeah, for like a, a fair a whack of time before actually throwing a dart that night. So to, to come away with some wins on a Friday night, I was stoked. But come Saturday, we had two tournaments on. <laughs> and these tournaments sometimes lasted till 12, 1 o'clock in the morning. Oh, man, come come Monday, I was going back to work for a rest. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, you must have come over here and then you, you see, like, all these PDC players going, oh, it's another European tour, I've got to get a two-hour flight and then I've got to get a train for another hour and a half. And you must think, what? Are you you don't know you're born, lads. They, they can't play in <laughs> Australia. That's tough. Yeah, and and it's the time difference as well. Yeah, for sure. We um, from one side to the other is obviously two hours, um, but yeah, within here only two hours. Uh, like yeah, an hour travel and not much like only an hour's different time difference. Um, we're we're just going to take it on board that we can do um, traveling in the meantime. So oh, if I made the Euro tours and stuff, yeah, we we're just going to travel. Uh, the week before or like go a few days earlier so we can look around and try and kill two birds with one stone. Uh, great start. It's, it's nice to see people engaging with some of the opportunities. I say I, I'm rubbish. I go to all these Euro tours and the amount of times I just see an airport, a venue and a hotel and that's it. And I've got no real sense of what this amazing city that we've travelled to looks like. When did it all start for you then, darts? Because you were in the same high school as, as Kyle Anderson, weren't you? And he was very much into youth darts. So he, did you sort of get into it at the same time as him? How did it work? Now, Kyle, obviously, yeah, he started, I think he was like nine years old and he was throwing darts. Uh, mm. And he threw darts like at a crazy good level then. Um, but no, we we actually met each other in year one for like a like half a year or a year at, at school um, without realising um mm. and then we then i ended up changing school um and then it wasn't till about well i think we were like 13 or 12 or or even younger and then we ended up playing in a basketball team together like for under under 12s or something like that uh with another uh family friends and um yeah i knew him before darts then i didn't even really know that he played darts like then because we were just basketball teammates at that mm. stage and it wasn't till high school that um where we you know met each other again and um I, my, my parents obviously played darts and his parents played darts so they knew each other as well before before we did and yeah i just went to one night at darts uh filling in and ever since then i ended up yeah playing week in week out and 
yeah, and then just obviously seeing what Kyle was doing and he was playing juniors stuff. So I started getting involved in the juniors and, and yeah, we just sort of climbed up the ranks that way. And he was always that, you know, obviously he was always better than me uh, growing up and playing in like high um, quality junior, like, you know, playing for Australia and going, I think he won like uh, a lot of world youth stuff or he was involved in the world youth stuff um, and he was always picked and we could always only send one person away. So I never got that sort of opportunity. So darts was always not, yeah, not, it was always on the back burner. So to say, I always had, I always had my life ahead of me with uh, work and business and getting a house and all that. So darts really wasn't a uh, priority at that mm. time. Okay, was was darts always the main sport for you then, or was it basketball or, or Aussie rules or what cricket or whatever? Or was was darts just yeah. a little sort of side hobby you had? Yeah, it was a side hobby. I I grew up um, playing sports. Uh, we, we were always every Saturday and Sunday it was um, early mornings going to sports. So I grew up playing rugby league and uh, softball uh, mm. all in the same time. So you know during the week was training, and then weekends was the game time. Um, and we we're always yeah, and did uh, done karate, uh, basketball obviously, uh, even cricket as young. And then as I did get older, um, I started uh, yeah, went back to basketball, and uh, I ended up finishing playing cricket for a few seasons before uh, when I was taking darts serious. All that sort of social side of stuff stopped, and and that was it. Like I said, it was just darts and work. So how long did it take for you to realise that you hang on, I I could be really good at at this darts thing when did you start taking it seriously and and i would imagine having to commit quite a bit of time to it so i knew i was i was half decent because i was always i was always around and about in in these tournaments that that were in in wa where we lived um and i'll just go to whatever i could when i could and and i'll do half decent with not even giving you know too much practice time in into it so i made the australian team in 2011 um and I sort of gave it a, a fair shake then, but yeah, you, you know, it, the it, the highlight was making the team, and, and what I didn't realise taking that away, we went, I went and played in Ireland uh, for mm. the World Cup, and I I sort of didn't take it as serious as probably what I should because, you know, I've never been that far away from Australia, never alone, so I more or less took it like a holiday because I brought my wife along as well and. And yeah, it just felt more like it was a big holiday rather than focusing on playing the darts. And yeah, so I, I um, once I came back from that, and then um, I, I I still just went back to focusing on work. And and yeah, and I didn't make the Australian team after that, or given it too much thought until the uh, yeah the the World Series started coming over, and and just realised how massive it was then. You know what I mean? That was um, how much so much opportunity to to take from it. Uh, yeah, and I just I just started going. Oh, I'm going to roll up to a few of these and make the TV. And yeah, and I think it was the first one I made was 2014, mm. and I played I played Chizzy, and he, he smashed me up like six nil with a hundred average. I'm going, oh great! <laughs> <laughs> but it was a mission just to make it there in the first place. Like I was so so yeah happy to make it and and it wasn't till obviously 2018 to sitting down speaking with uh gary anderson and michael smith just it was only me him uh me and them two and the missus we were just uh, the only people in the room and i don't even think we warmed up before the match we sat there and talked for like two hours and what did and you talk about then before was you it... know it it's like oh just yeah just the, the darting life and how it, 
and how it all goes down and how is it about and is it really worth it coming from you know i explained my situation and how i'm living in australia like i've got a i've i've had a uh, got a good life in australia with uh you know financial i've got mm -hmm. a house car businesses and stuff like it just all yeah you know i've got and i've got good friends and a good good way of living and and to give all that up to see how much you could actually like is it worth yeah like i i really have to make it worth my while otherwise there's no point me being here i'm not just going to get by there's mm -hmm. no point doing that so i need to go yeah better than better than just getting by it's quite interesting here and you talk damon because a lot of your a lot of the, you know, the stories you've told there about your career you've been quite sort of realistic i don't need to rush anything I, I get there you know it's a triumph to make the team it's a triumph just to qualify for something and, and you're having sensible achievable goals but then you also you've got this thing where it's like well i'm taking the plunge now so i've really got to make this work and you have had quite a lot of success in a short space of time just made your first major ranking quarter final obviously you won that world series event uh, last year you won your first pro tour event this year i mean things are starting to happen for you and they're starting to happen pretty rapidly yeah, that's it. I obviously I went back for that corona because of the covid. I had to go mm. back home. So leading up before then, I was I was playing steady darts, um just not getting the results and it was frustrating, very frustrating. But um I knew when I went home and then missed those that summer series, it really it really got to me a bit and and I um I did nothing but yeah the same thing that I was doing before coming here playing darts and then I went I went pretty much straight back to work as well so um I had that uh yeah didn't dig too far into all the savings that I've done in beforehand and just coming back again I was that hungry that yeah I just you just can't I can't take stuff for granted um mm. so what what does count as success then have you got an, a target in mind where you can go well look if I achieve this over the next two, three, four years, then yes, it's worthwhile. But I mean, do you get to a point where you go, well, if I haven't achieved that, then I do go back and, and resume my previous life in Australia. I set little goals. So my first, you know, little goal was to, to make the 64 and, and to do that already, you know, I'm on the, it feels like I'm on the right track. And as long as I, I keep moving up, you know what I mean? And not uh, sort of staying stale, if you know what I mean. Yeah, staying mm -hmm. stale and, and not, yeah, going backwards, I suppose, you know what I mean? And then, um, but yeah, obviously we'll keep uh, revising what we want to do at certain times. Um, I Like, yeah, my next goal now is to make 32 as quick as I can, hopefully, at, well, at, at the least by the end of next year. That means, you know, that that's my full two years that I've done um, without defending any money. And if I'm in the top 32, you know what I mean? That's, that's pretty steady going, I think. Um, and then from there, we'll just reevaluate. Oh, well, look, I've, I've just had a message of Kyle Anderson, actually. He says two things, actually. Um, tell him I love him and he's playing magical. But he also says, ask about the bus in Tasmania. What happened? Do you recall this story? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. We're just on the Tasmania. We were on the uh, the bus for the... We were playing, we were playing uh, under-18 state championships and... Mm -hmm. um, so I was standing up in the bus and then he's come up behind me with um you had all the all the other players around and you had some parents and that and there and, and I was pretty much standing in the middle of the bus and he's just gone to dack me.
Come hear me, little Jackie. No, I've smoked me bucky. Have a bit of cracky till the boat comes in. Dance to the I'll read Paul Nicholson fact-checking service here, and I've got a bit of Aussie slang for you that Demo's about to use. I'm a dyed-in-the-wool Australian myself, so I know what he's talking about. Ducking is when a fella comes up behind you and yanks your trousers down when you weren't expecting it. Anyway, back to you, Demo. Sure enough, he's dacked me. My, my Only my shorts have come down, so I, just, I still just stood there like, yeah, whatever, mate. And then he's gone the whole hog and, yeah, everyone got a full frontal view of it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I was like, no way. Wow, you know and, what? Uh, yeah, are, those are very embarrassing times. <laughs> there are there are very few darts related podcasts that cannot be improved with some underage nudity, apparently. So <laughs> yeah. that's probably where we're going to leave. Actually, let's not leave it there. One final one. What would it mean to you to see Kyle come back, hopefully next year? I mean, that's what we understand. And to see him competing alongside you? Because, I mean, you're both title winners in the PDC. You both won Pro Tours, both won uh, World Series events. And, and he's, you know, he's come close himself to going all the way to a major title. The European Championship, it really did look, look like it had his name on it. What would it mean to have like your, your school friend playing alongside you and, and achieving similar levels of success? Do you think it could actually help each other? Yeah, well, gro- growing up, you know, we've always talked about, you know, we want to play, we want to play doubles together. We want to play, you know, against each other on the final stages. And we've always talked about if we ever made a big final, we even thought about it at the... Um, where was it, the, the Melbourne Masters, um, about playing our first leg. We'll play it left-handed. Just, <laughs> you, know, you know, kid stuff like that. It was so funny at the time because we did talk about it. But, yeah, it's um, it's a bit more serious than that. So, But, no, for sure. Um, I, that's, I think maybe I'm a, I'm a couple years too late for him in the sense that he's been here for so long and obviously he's missed out on so much with his family. And, yeah, and that's why I sort of moved towards where he was, sort of we could, you know, spur each other on and, and you know, maybe yeah, it would have been one day that we could play uh, the World Cup together. Like, I think that would be, like, insane. But um, hopefully he gets the uh, itch, you know what I mean? And, and, and it sounds like he is at the moment, so... Absolutely. Well, look, fingers crossed he's, he's back at the start of the new year. Fingers crossed he can bring some Tim Tams for you, restock your supply. <laughs> and some chicken salt. <laughs> right, ignoring the naked teenager elements of that, uh, Damon's a pretty impressive yeah. individual, pretty impressive dart player as far as I'm concerned, Wayne. What's your take on him? Yeah, do you know what? I've I've only ever said hello to him, and, mm. and that's it. And I kind of got back a hi, Wayne, and that that was that. So I don't know the man. <laughs> I don't I don't know him, but I will tell you what, I do know when I, when I watch him, he uses a bit of quality, doesn't he? And and the way he talks, I I, I like how he's he's kind of structured. He doesn't just blur. He, he's not he's not one of these that you think's going to get carried away if he has any success. But he's got that. That steely grit, that determination that you need to win. He's mm. got that that belief, and and he has got the game. He's got the game, but uh, more than more than anything, you could tell uh, by the way he's spoken on on uh, Sky Sports and the way he was talking there that the fact that he's got a support system, and mm. when you've up sticks and literally literally moved uh, across the other side of of the world. 
you need to be strong mentally and and have people around you that that are going to love you no matter what. And he's got that. And mm. I, I admire him for doing it. And I admire everyone in his family for sticking sticking by him. Yeah, I, I think that's that's probably a key part. He's come over with his wife, and he's he's certainly they they've they've taken some very big, informed, but big decisions to do this. I mean, he said yeah. there that he's, yeah. you know, he, he's had a nice life back in Australia. He's got businesses yeah. and he's successful and everything, but this offers an opportunity to be even more successful, but there's there's still yeah. a long way to go and it's all a working process. Um, now, I don't often bet on the darts. I don't do it when I'm working because I, I, I'm unable. If I've got, you know, if I make me low six picks or a 50p bet or whatever, then yeah. that colours my opinion. You're very good at just ignoring that. You have your bets on and then you can just get on with your work. Um, I'm no good well, Dan, at it. I have so many. I have so many. I forget. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but because I wasn't working at the Grand Slam, I was just sat at home watching it. I thought, right, I'll, I'll, I'll have a look. Where, where's the value here? And I found Damon Hatter at 66 to 1 before the draw was made. And when the draw was made, yeah. he'd come into like 22. So I was feeling pretty smug about myself. Yes. Gets through his group, yeah. beats Devon. And then yeah. he, James Wade, for me, produced the best display that he'd put in in the whole tournament. And he still only yeah. won it by three legs against Damon. Now, I might be blinkered there because I just thought it was the greatest no. performance Wade had put in because he just lost my flipping bet, which would have had three yep. grand in if he'd made it all the way to the final and won it. But I do think that Damon Hetter showed there, and indeed in the Winter Series leading up to it, which is what made me pay attention to him, he's got a very, very good... I mean, I think we're talking top 16, maybe even top 10 as a player over the next yeah, couple I agree. of years. Yeah, I, 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 I just, I agree. I think he's, when he's slightly off, he's still very, very good. And he's mm. got this composure under pressure. He's, he's just got a very, very good game. But that game you mentioned with, with James Wade, I, I was, at the start of it, when it, it was kind of, uh, I think it was about, I call it five five six six. But I think James got off to a decent start, didn't he? If I remember yeah. rightly, I think he did. Anyway, it kind of got clawed back, but... I'm then watching and I'm thinking, this is like watching uh, Daryl Gurney versus Peter Wright in the match play of mm. of the year before last, where yeah. neither was giving anything. And it's like something something has to give. Well, in the end, it was it was just that little bit of, of buffer that, that James built up at the within like the first five legs that that saw him out. But Heta was relentless. He was relentless and he was unlucky because he played Wade and that was Wade's A game. Forget yeah. averages. Forget yeah. averages. That was Wade's A game. That was amazing. That was absolutely still, still the best game. And uh, we're agreeing, Dan. I'm getting annoyed. Yeah, but, yeah. No. Uh, that was the best game of the, of the Grand Slam. But by, by yeah. far. Yeah. And by the, far. The, forget the best forget game. Whitlock Van Gogh. Uh, sorry. Forget Whitlock Van Gogh in for, for drama. That was brilliant. Yeah, and he, it was just it was ton forty after ton forty from Wade, and when when you've yeah. got a bet on the other guy, that's when you really notice how impressive it was from Wade. He's yeah. shattered my yeah. dreams once again. Don't bet against James Wade. Yeah. Uh, a word on <laughs> Damon as well, actually. Um, he's a load of people criticise the World Series. They say, oh, it's just exhibitions. Oh, it's, it doesn't mean anything. Um, it's I I get that. I understand that. But when they go, oh, it's just exhibitions to make money. From what I understand, I'm not sure the Australian New Zealand legs actually make that much money for the PDC. But the World Series yeah. is all about growing the game. And Damon said in that interview yeah. there, if it wasn't for the World Series, 
I wouldn't have done this. The only way the World Series yeah. was coming to Australia. I wanted to get on the telly, so I put the effort in and tried to try to get there. And once I did get there, yeah. I figured out that I could go further. But that's a genuine. We've got an actual full-on recruit as a result yeah. of the World Series of Darts, and it's probably just worth pointing that out because, as I say, the World Series does get some stick from certain quarters because people don't recognise it as being. You know, yeah, it's not got the it's not got the same prestige as you know the World Championship or the, the World Match. Of course, it doesn't, but it does serve a purpose. And Damon Hetter is exactly the sort of reason why we have the World Series because we will eventually, over time, get top top players capable of winning things. Yeah, Dan, I'm one of them. I, I, I sometimes watch it thinking, why why am I watching this? I love darts, but I hate this. It's a complete waste of time. And it, <laughs> of course it's not. Of course it's not. But I'll tell you what we don't think, and this is as human beings, you, mm. we seldom put ourselves in the position of that human being that might have lost or might have won. Mm. Now, for Damon Hetter himself, forget the event. Just, just uh, think of... Every game that someone plays, wherever it may be, Ian White or Gary Anderson, Adam, whoever, uh, mm. just imagine what they're going through right then. And it may be a game that means absolutely nothing to you because we're, we're flitting in and out. We're having a cup of coffee. I'm, I may not be commentating on it and, and I'm just watching it to to kind of get the, the a brief kind of mm. uh, feel of, of what's going on. But. All in all, someone might have been out at the group phase and someone goes out and no one really cares, do they? But that person really cares. Yeah, that might person be the biggest really moment cares. of their career. Exactly. And Damon Hetter has taken that that uh, tournament as the defining moment in his career that he's good enough. Now, for that alone, for that alone, the World Series has gone up in my estimation. There we go. Just for Excellent. that alone. Well, look, we, we don't even alone. know. We don't even know if the World Series will return or when next year. But we have got the Players' Championships to discuss, and the World Championship is definitely on the way. That has been announced. Wayne did the draw this morning. Uh, but we do have to discuss, in a moment, a certain Michael Van Gerwen. Phenomenal. I made too many mistakes. I can make also mistakes. I'm human. I'm not a robot. Of course, he's a phenomenal player. He did the right things at the right moment. The right things, phenomenal. The right moments, phenomenal. 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 Phenomenal things. Michael van Gerwen, the world number one, and now the players' champion for a sixth time after beating Mervyn King in the final in Coventry. First off, Wayne, what did you make of the event? Because I found it very, very enjoyable. I thought it was a cracking weekend of darts. Yeah, I, I've got to say, uh, again, why do I keep agreeing? I'm <laughs> trying to. Do you know what, Dan? Dan, I hated it. I yeah, I hated it. It was rubbish. Absolutely rubbish. Yeah, yeah. There was nothing about it that was fun. No, joking aside, there was some amazing games that, uh, like uh, Humphreys and Peterson, I think, was on the, the opening day. Uh, oh, yeah. Maybe wrong there. Uh, a, a great game. Merv Chizzy sat there and I was enthralled at the way Merv was throwing. And do you know what? He didn't relent the whole event, did he? He Whoa. did not buckle. He did not drop his level. In fact, it, it, I'm not, forget averages again. The way he kind of stayed in there in the final with, with Michael was, uh, it took some effort, took some mm. effort. Uh, he had a bit of luck in the semis. And when I... I I say luck, I mean, it's not his fault. Peter Wright was having a, a darting disaster. 
Yeah, I don't understand that. But then again, he was poor no, against Callan Rids as well. And he was poor for a session against Michael Smith. And Michael Smith was all yeah. over him. It was a very... Yeah. I mean, I know that he's gone quite deep in the tournament, Peter Wright. But ultimately, it's a very poor weekend by his standards in the final event before the World Championship. I'm a little bit concerned about what what's going on there. Are you having trouble working him out? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Like it's, it's not chopping and changing darts. I don't care. I really don't care, Peter. Right? He knows Maybe what he's no, doing yeah. with his darts. But those sessions that he had, and there were two against Merv. There was one against Cal. Well, two against Callan, and certainly one against Michael Smith, where he's just completely off the. But there's not even a B or C game there. It was just nothing. No. And I don't know where they've come from because he has been one of the most consistent performers in the world of darts for a number of years now. Yeah. And they're odd. They are odd. Um, yeah. But, I mean, I, I look, maybe he irons those out in time for Ali Pali. He certainly managed to do so last year. Um, a word on Mervyn King. Uh, Chris Murphy, my commentary partner on the Pro Tour, yeah. um, insists that there is no more watchable player in the world of darts than Mervyn King. And we saw an absolute exhibition of it at the weekend because whether he's playing well, whether he's playing poorly, whether he's having an argument with his opponent or whether he's just in one of his weird moods, you have to just watch him. The man is just... It, it's <laughs> like it's like catnip for darts fans. It's amazing. I just can't get enough. I couldn't disagree with Murphy any anymore. I I, I don't <laughs> like it, Dan. Oh come on, mate! The one where he pulled out of an of a celebration. The one the way he's just he's obviously annoyed by Michael Van Gerwen. It's brilliant TV. It's better than the soaps. Come on, man! I, do you know what? I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> he annoys he annoys me so much when he gets that little bee in his bonnet. And oh come it's on! A bit, it's a bit like DeSales was counting, Dan. I can't hack it. I can't hack it. <laughs> right, and Merv acting the way he did. I like Merv. I'm, 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 I love the way that that man works. I love his work ethic. But, mm. but Michael's right. Get on with your own game. Just worry about what you've got to do. Stop worrying about me. And yeah. do you know what? I, I was pleased Michael won. Not, not because I just wanted to see Michael win. And, mm. and I, had a, I had a couple of quid on him. But forget that. <laughs> forget that. I. I I really and I really wanted Merv to get his comeuppance because I don't believe you should walk around acting like that at the age of seventy-eight or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Well, look, it's uh, finally, finally, we found something to disagree on here. But hey, look, it's all about opinions. I, I had people laughing their unmentionables off on Twitter while we were watching this together, and then some go, "This is an absolute disgrace, and he should be immediately yeah. fined." Oh, who cares? Mind you, right? I mean, but, yeah, who cares? Yeah, who yeah. cares? Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's yeah. uh, ultimately. I had because uh, obviously I was commentating on the Saturday, so I got a handful of people saying, "Oh, well done," and all that. But then, obviously, you know, an, an absolute army of people going, "You are rub, you are pony, get right off." In my favourite one though. <laughs> My favourite one. Like You can always look. If somebody's slagging you off on Twitter, you look at the account and go, yeah, I mean, that's perhaps to be expected. You, you, you spend yeah. all your time abusing people. You've, there's that's certain right. accounts yeah. where you can you can spot them. Or, you know, it, it might be an yeah. EDR mean fan account. You just think, I don't really yeah, yeah, need yeah. to be favorite, You know, your favourite commentator. Fair that's enough. Right. But the one that really stuck out to me, which, I mean, it should hurt, but in actual fact, it's just really funny. <laughs> There's this account. I like it. It should hurt, but it's just really funny. This account, which (laughs) is called something like 
lovely big ears or something like that. And all it does right. is post content, like pictures and videos of really nice dogs with big floppy ears. Basset hounds, right. uh, bloodhounds. Right. You know, it's a cute account. Yeah. All it is, look at this dog. Oh, what a good boy. And they've broken off from this stream of positivity <laughs> purposefully right. just to send me a message going... <laughs> You are you are a disgrace. You are awful. I spend my entire time on here talking about lovely dogs with lovely big ears, and you are spoiling this stream of perfect positive content by forcing me to at you on Twitter and tell you you're a dick. Brilliant. <laughs> I mean, absolutely that, magnificent. I mean, look, it it was it was special. I, I mean, I should take that on board, but ultimately, I just think it's funny. I just think it's it really is funny. funny. Yeah, when someone breaks their, their MO, when their modus operandi has been completely ditched because they're so irate, they're so irate they can't control themselves. I have to pick up my phone. I have to find at Dan Dan Darts Dawson, whatever it is, just to call him an absolute imbecile. I like it. I like it. But before I go into anything about Merv again, uh, yeah. the darting side of him, like I said, I admire. I admire mm. his work ethic. He's an amazing, amazing dart player and has been since like the mid 80s, it seems. Yeah, longevity anyway, I still is, don't like is it. incredible. I still don't like it. <laughs> well, we disagree. Well, do we do we agree <laughs> on MVG? Because that's the big thing of the weekend. His first title, his first big stage title in eight months. The drought is finally over. Now, Johnny yeah. Clayton got close to him. Uh, Price kind of yep. collapsed at the end of their game inexplicably. King was right there with him and, and nearly had him, but that yep. is that is a, a drought of enormous proportions for him at least that yep. is now over. I believe that he's definitely back to some degree, but there is no yep. way that he is back to his best because, quite frankly, back to his best, he doesn't let all those people get as close to him. One of them might, of course, he can't win every single game and, and coast past them, but. He was riding his luck a little this weekend, or last weekend, MVG, I think. Yeah, I, I think you've read it really well. I really do. Uh, Aldizwan got seven legs, I'm not sure. Yeah, that was uh, odd, wasn't it? it? Strange game. Yeah, it just it, he's letting people back in. He, he finishes them off, and look, he's a potential winner of a world championship with playing nowhere near his A game. Yeah. So that, that's, that's, that's how good he is. And he was nowhere near his A game... Uh, to win the players. And the, the other game, that uh, there was another game, he kind of let someone... He let so, uh, Clayton was close. Was Pri I mean, Price was Price was leading that game. Price, Price, I thought Price was going to close it out, yes. and he just kind of yeah. fell apart a bit. But MVG yeah, actually, was there sorry, to take it advantage. it was advantage. the Price game. Mm. Yes, yes. It was the Price game where Price was nowhere near his, his normal kind of uh, really efficient self. And... And he was running Michael so close. I'm thinking, you're going to buckle again here. But even mm. in the final, he, he can be the better player, Michael, and not assert himself as he would have done maybe, a, a, call it a year, wherever, how long ago. Yeah. He, he beat Mervyn King 11-10. And Mervyn King, for me, was the second best player for large spells of that game. Now, mm. to nick it in the last leg, with a 17-dart hold, by the way. Yeah. Mervyn threw 15 darts, so he's still give, he's still given his opponent an opportunity to pinch it, but Mervyn had a bit of a stinker of a last leg. It all got too much for him. 
but mm. Michael held it together in the last leg. I'm I'm not convinced he's still holding it together brilliantly, but what a Philip for him! What what a boost ahead of the the one that that he he wants to win. Yeah, more than well, any look, other. I, I mean, I we are going to discuss at length the World Championship. We'll have some more guests on next week as well. I say we'll we'll probably do something. We'll let you know on social media about how we're going to form. Uh, World Championship preview. But just a word, do you think, Wayne, that this is the most open World Championship that you can remember? I know MVG's just won, but you're not convinced entirely that he's back to his best. I'm not, certainly. Um, Price and Wright are the obvious challengers, but there are so many other players behind them that I just think some of them are playing really well. I I still keep getting impressed by Michael Smith. I know he didn't go all the way. It's Peter Wright who did for him. At the players' championship finals, but he's playing some lovely stuff. Um, yeah, I, there are, I think there are a dozen potential winners, maybe more. I, I I mentioned something during the draw today, and that was a case of uh, it is it is wide open. Mm. There's going to be upsets, but I'm not sure there will be the ultimate upset. And when you look on the the, the role of honour, it, it's it, there's never really been that that much of a of, a, of an outsider come in. But mm. I, I do believe that, look, I wouldn't be surprised with, uh, I'm I'm just picking names out, uh, Martin Clearmacker. I wouldn't be surprised if he reached, a, a, I'm just saying, it's a name. It's yeah, a name. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if he reached the latter stages. Uh, I, there's Dirk van Dijvenbode. I wouldn't be surprised if he does either. There, there's a lot there. But I'll tell you what I've done, Dan. I'm going to let you in. I know we're not really going full ball worlds. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is our Open. I think you're right, but I don't think they win it. I have backed two players from the same section to win their quarter because I'm convinced, I'm absolutely convinced that one of them will get through to the quarterfinals. Or maybe I want them to get through to the semis, of course. But I'm on a, I'm on a big odds. And that is Keen Barry and Vincent van der Voort. Now, oh, that's interesting. Oh, that right. is interesting. And Keen I'll, Barry got I'll tell Jeff you Smith why. off the top of your head. He's got Jeff Smith, then Dobie. Yeah. Then Dobie, if it, look, it's difficult, but that's why he's fifty yeah. to one to win his quarter. That's Ooh. why he's fifty to one, and, and Vincent Vincent's van der Voort was, was thirty threes. Yeah. So if they meet, if they meet each other in the quarters, oh, 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 oh. what a day! I want to do that commentary. Come on, well, then, yeah. any <laughs> one of you, come on, go on, yay, yay! Keen uh, wins, Vincent wins. Guy, it yeah, doesn't yeah. matter. <laughs> Wayne wins, and that's <laughs> what matters. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, super. Uh, Two years two years ago, Dan. Sorry, sorry to to keep on about the the betting side of things. I I backed Nathan Aspinall to win his quarter. Well, and he has made back to back semi finals, and he'll be one yes. to watch. Certainly, the Low Six Home Tour champion, of course. And we will be back next week. We might get Nathan, and we haven't had Nathan on the podcast. I've been saving him for a rainy day, and maybe that yeah, rainy day is just get around him. the corner. Yeah. All right, all right, Wayne, steady on. Hey, who does all I'm the work for this flipping thing? Hey, get, come on, you get him. You get him. Bloody old model. Crying out Dan, loud. Dan, yeah. I'm, bu- I'm busy, pal. I'm busy. Yeah, oh, yeah I'm busy. Yeah. I'm going to get 20 past wife, four this morning. On. <laughs> wife, put the kettle on. I'm, I'm, I'll get a cognac in it. That's it. That's it. Yeah. You're going to have a cognac and put more dog content on Twitter and then probably just go and abuse me. Everybody else seems to be doing it. But we will be back uh, uh, next week where we can talk you through some of the uh, World Championship 
first and second round clashes and try and give you some kind of a steer if you're playing along on the PDC picks and low six apps. Of course, if you are playing along, you've got to be 18, resident in the UK to play. Terms and conditions apply. Please gamble responsibly. Uh, if you don't, you could find yourself facing online abuse from some unlikely quarters on the internet, like I know an account <laughs> called Fluffy Wuffy Kit Wits, which will take a break out of its relentlessly positive posting of pictures of tiny little kittens in tiny whittle bonnets just to call you a prick. Uh, and remember, if you or a friend has problems with gambling, <laughs> visit thegamblerware.org. <laughs>